Trudy, what is Allie's type? I don't know because everybody she picks is not the one that I would have picked for her. I, <laughs> but what but what is my type, not your type for me? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, what is going on today? You know, not too much. I am pretty much in a hole with my study materials. I am one final away from graduating from law school, and it's the light at the end of the tunnel, but it is a deep, dark tunnel at the moment. Hell yeah, I am so excited for you. You were going to make it out of that tunnel, we both know, but I'm so pumped. Thank you. Yeah. The weekend next, I'm like living, talk about working for the weekend. I'm living for next weekend. It's going to be a party, literally and figuratively. I can't wait to hear all about it. But yes, what's the, before we go any further, I need to know the update on Hinge Standout Man. This is my number one item. He and I have been texting. We actually had a very funny text interaction on Friday day where we were checking in sort of what are your plans for the weekend and the one social thing that I did this weekend was it's sort of a joke slash excuse to have a hang half birthday celebrations are a thing in my friend group great can I join your friend group perfect of course yeah so we had my friend's girlfriend who's you know also a friend of mine she is a twin and so the two of it was their half birthday and I you know, told him that was sort of my social plan for the weekend. And we were talking, he asked what I was contributing. I said I was making my world famous guacamole. It's true. It has been enjoyed in Australia. Therefore, world famous. Very world famous. Also, I'm realizing as you're telling the story that I, I've heard this story, but I did not realize that the guacamole guy was hinge standout guy. Yes. Oh, okay. Carry on. Yeah. He said he would like to try some. And I was like, well, maybe if like you ask me out and we go somewhere, like I could sneak it in. You know, whatever. I was trying to be cute about it. But like I was a little subtle. And so he said, great. Where's the shindig happening? Oh. And so I – this is where I texted you and said, I'm confused. Is he asking me to plan the date or is he asking to come to this party? Right. And my initial instinct was that it was – asking you to plan the date, given that, if I remember correctly, you actually had told him where the party was happening. Yes, I did say that. And so I was with you. And so I just decided to clarify with him. And he fully thought I was inviting him to hang with my friends. And guess what? He was down on a first date. So your your friend meeting experience is wildly chaotic. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> so, but did he, so did he come? No, he did not. I, I, yeah, I just sort of, I actually talked to another friend about it and she made a very good point to me that the potential upside of him coming or going on a one-on-one date later is the same, that I like him and want to see him again. Yeah. But she said the potential downside of sort of meeting somebody you could like in the wrong environment is big. And so she said, like, just wait, just set it up for success. However, the whole conversation was very funny and very endearing. And he could tell I was kind of hesitant to be comfortable with this idea. Yeah. And as I said, when I mentioned that he was willing to DM me back and my suspicion was that it was because we had mutual friends, he specifically asked me, he was like, 
text those two people and confirm like I am normal I will be fun and nice like please reach like I actually encourage you to reach out and I thought that was kind of endearing. And so um, anyway, so we're talking. We both agreed that like even though it didn't work out, we should still set up another date. I have basically pushed all prospects off until after my exam on Thursday. And then we will see. Great. Well, I'm excited for updates. Yeah. What about you? Do you have um, – I feel like we've got egg freezing, we've got dating, and we've got phone throwing. Where, <laughs> where should we begin? Well, I actually want to begin on a fourth thing. Oh, great. I'm so – I'm shocked. I know we usually wait to introduce the topic until a little bit in, but given that everybody has read the title and the description, they probably know that we are talking to our moms in honor of Mother's Day. And I just want to mention up front before we get to that segment that having lost a parent, I'm sensitive to how difficult Mother's Day or Father's Day can be. And so I know you agree. We I totally understand. If anyone doesn't want to listen to that segment, we'll let you know when it's coming. But I wanted to just put that out there up front. Yes, I am in full agreement and I'm really glad you said that and that you – well, I'm not glad that you can come from the perspective of empathy here, Um, but I am very glad that you have the awareness and the thought to bring that up. So thank you for uh, alerting our listeners to that caveat. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Yeah. So that being said, uh, I do have a few different things going on. Um, So I have egg freezing, which is going well. I added in a third shot this morning. So previously, people who've been following my stories will know that I had been doing two shots at night. I added a third one in this morning, which is part of the process. It means I'm getting closer to retrieval. Though I, I felt like I had just gotten the hang of those two, and now we've got this third one in the mix. You know, you're gonna you always play like a champion, Allie, and I just I, I know that you're gonna master this. You are an incredibly intelligent person, and I, I you've got this. I I appreciate that, but my my phone throwing moment of the week is actually completely unrelated to my phone or to dating at all, and that is that I have wasted. No less than three, no fewer, no fewer than three vials of one of my medications because I just could not get the process correct. You know, I was very, very – there was a lot that went wrong in my process. (laughs) That wasn't one of them. I was so anxious about that that like I watched so many videos. I went – I read the – I've never moved slower in my life, but I – it is complicated. And I completely understand why that happened. I actually think I was moving too slowly. And we can get into this on oh. – we're going to have like a deep dive egg freezing episode as we've mentioned before and we can get into this. But I think that I actually 
was moving so slowly that I was overthinking every step of the process and then stumbling because of that. Gotcha. It's like when you creep home late, like after curfew, and you actually like are putting more pressure on the yep. floor and it's like creating like loud noises, whether it's just like move quick, go. Yes, exactly. Like rip the band-aid <laughs> off, you know, push in the syringe. Um and so and when I talked to and the nurses at Kind Body are incredible and they have an after hours line and one of them actually sat on the phone with me a couple nights ago while I did it. That's so nice. Yeah, but what was funny is when I when she offered to do that earlier in the day, she was like, so it sounds like it's not a comprehension issue. It's just user error. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You're like, harsh but true. Thank Har- you. Yep. <laughs> harsh but true. Um, so yeah, so that is my phone throwing moment that I um I almost wasted a lot of money, except that Kind Body also is very kind and they have samples of a lot of the medication. And so they actually replaced the vials that I had wasted from their samples, which was very nice. Yeah. But yeah, so then the other piece of my life, dating, um, I so I as you know, I wrapped up my seven-day dating app challenge last week. Oddly, and I actually, I think it's related, since then, I have been popping on the dating apps. Fire, baby. Yeah. And I, I I really do think it's related. Like it's a latent result of being more active is that now that I was active for seven days, now my profile is getting pushed out more. So I think that it just was more of a medium term gain. Totally. The algorithm is rewarding you. Yeah. And honestly, I'm getting likes on Hinge, which is nuts. I got two matches on the league. What? Love it. Yeah. So hopefully – and it's actually like good timing because my retrieval should be sometime in the next week. So as I'm cultivating these conversations, I won't probably have to deal with the first date proposal until after that. Perfect timing. Yeah. Because although I am open to sharing with dates what I'm sort of going through – I don't necessarily want that share to happen in app before we've even met. Incredibly understandable. Yes. So maybe next week I'll have more to share about first date scheduling. We'll see. Love it. I look forward to that. So I have I have a very fun update. It is not a phone throwing update, but it is another podcast trope. I have a crime update. Yes. Yes. We haven't had a crime update in a minute. Yeah, this is literal. So a friend of mine is taking her ex to small claims court. (gasps) Yes. And I am going to serve him. Hell yeah. I am. (laughs) Yeah. So can I ask what, what the claim, what the small claim is? Basically, um, it's like related to, they lived together. And so it's like how it's related to housing expenses and, um, Without getting into like, you know, obviously too many details, yeah. that part of it is like her side of the story. The So she like submitted it and the court has to sort of process it and then they'll generate the summons and it just has to be served by somebody over age of 18 who's like considered like mentally competent. And yeah. I just knock on the door and hand them the envelope and say, you've been you've served. You've been served. I am oh so my God. excited. That's, uh, I would be incredibly excited if I were you. What is a small yeah. claim? Just like, is there a threshold? Yes, there is. It's a money. Um, there's. It's just a financial threshold. Oh. It's like a small claims court is like Judge Judy. Oh, okay, okay. That makes now. Now that we've brought Judge Judy into it, my point of reference is there. Okay. Yeah. 
I one time saw, this is now another tangent, but I was in Newport, Rhode Island for a bachelorette party like five or six years ago, and we saw Judge Judy's yacht there. She is so fucking rich. Oh my God, Rourke, this boat was insane. And I forget the boat's name now, but the we were also on a boat, a much smaller boat. We were taking like one of those sunset cruises that you do when you're like on the water at a bachelorette party. Yeah. And the person leading the tour pointed it out. It was like, that's Judge Judy's yacht. And our mouths just dropped. Jaws just dropped. That's incredible. I am so envious. That's like an ultimate celeb sighting. I, I wish that I could actually say that we sighted her, but we did not. But the yacht. So now we need your favorite part of the pod has come up where you get to guess if you are going to be right or not about weird or nah. (sighs) Where I embarrass myself. Okay. (laughs) So this week, in honor of having our moms on the pod, we set up a hypothetical. We said, what if they tell their mom about you after a first date? Is that weird or nah? I personally think it is not weird. Because I am somebody who shares with my mom. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I tell her about every first date, but, you know, she likes to know how I'm spending my days, where I am, you know. And so to me, this is not weird. It's just sort of like a part of updating people you're close to about your life. And so I'm going to say that people will look at this as like, oh, it means they're close to their mom or like they communicate with their family. So I'm going to say this is like 70, nah, 30 weird. You are very close. It was 35 weird, 75 not, or 65. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week, so and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link, also in our bios, to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come. DC Comedy Loft, Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhyte.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. 35. I can do math. I can do math. (laughs) This is your job. This is what you are paid to do. It literally (laughs) is what I'm paid to do. Um, It was 35 weird, 65 nah. Okay, great. I will take that. That's like, that to me is within a margin of error. That's a win for you. That's a win. So should we start tracking your wins? Hmm. Um, Love it. So most of the people who said, nah, not weird, are they said exactly what you just said. Like it, A, indicates that they have a good relationship with their mom. And B, it doesn't have to be a big deal because 
it's just updating her on what they're doing that day. Like if they talk to her and she's like, oh, what are you doing tonight? And they say, I'm going on a first date. Or what'd you do last night? I went on a first date. It's It doesn't have to be this like gushing of emotions in the share. Yes. If we learn, if I learned that that was the content of the update, like, mom, I've met the one, <laughs> different answer. So, so you've kind of hit on one of the things the people who thought it was weird said. So some people who thought it was weird thought it was an overshare. It was too soon. Where are their boundaries? Um, okay. A lot of people also said, like, I don't have that relationship with my parents, so I don't get it. You know. So mm-hmm. there was a second camp of people that asked a follow-up question that I had not previously considered. And that was, how did I acquire this information? It hadn't even occurred to me, but it makes total sense. Like, Absolutely. If you're close to your mom and, you know, she asked how your day went or what you're doing tonight or last night and you tell her, totally normal. You then turn around and tell your date that you told your mom about them, though. Now I feel like we've assigned some more significance to it. Yeah, maybe. Again, it's it's a question of, like, how much reporting about your goings-on are you comfortable with? And so to me, I think if it was just, like, oh yeah, like I was talking to my parents. I was telling them about our date and how I thought it was so cool that you did this. And then they just move on. That's totally fine. That's why I think the content of the call is the key. Um, Where if it was like, and I was talking about how I was so invested in this person and I'm so excited and I'd be like, oh no. Okay. Oh no. Oh no. Like that TikTok sound that I won't try to recreate right now. Well, on that note, I'm so excited to invite our moms into record with us and just want to note, like we said up at the top of the episode, this is where we're going to start talking about our moms and Mother's Day. And if you want to exit stage left, we totally Absolutely. Understand. Thank you for bringing that back. And on that note, welcome in moms. Go to the moms. And we are back with our moms. I am Allie and I'm here with my mom, Trudy. Hi, everyone. I'm Trudy. So good to meet you. This is so fun. And this is Rourke speaking. And I'm here with my mom, Christine. Mom, say hi. Hi, I'm Christine. So happy to be here. This is so much fun. I love this. This is like an origin story episode. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm like perma smile over here. Well, Christine and I are nervous, so I'm glad you guys are excited. (laughs) Isn't that true? I have performance anxiety. I have the same level of performance anxiety that I do if I have to go on, like, a news show. (laughs) So, anyway. Guys. Well, this is all just It's not that serious. We're good. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, and so, in terms of what we want to talk about today, obviously, it is Mother's Day week. When this airs, Mother's Day will have been yesterday, and so we thought it would just be great to have you guys on and talk about do sort of a past, present, future. You know, we'd love to hear more about you, but then we want to get into our relationship with you guys and vis-a-vis our dating lives, and you know, kind of look toward the future a little bit and give some advice and mom wisdom. All right, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> She's game. <laughs> <laughs> 
So people were um, interested in, you know, just sort of like our relationship with our moms. And I wanted to start off with some kind of easy, like sweet questions and we can hit the harder stuff later. Um, What makes you most proud of your daughter, Trudy? How do you, what's your answer to that about Allie? I think that uh, what makes me most proud is how self-sufficient she is and how she is unfearful about heading into new situations of any type. She just goes in head first and uh, learns as she goes. And she's bold. I'm going to cry two and a half minutes into the recording. (laughs) (laughs) Allie, when I typed up the outline and sort of made it so that like my mom could think about some of her answers, I started forecasting what I thought some of them might be and getting weepy. And so I am very worried. (laughs) (laughs) um i i appreciate that mom i have she was bold tattooed on my arm so that uh that resonates um but christine what about you what what are you most proud of work for it's very hard for me to pick one thing thanks mom (laughs) but i would have to say her work ethic and i'm not talking about just with regard to work she has a lot of enthusiasms as you probably know Allie, and Mm -hmm. You know, she will just dig in and be bold as you are. I can see why you're friends, if that's a characteristic you share, whether it's Real Housewives or law school. So I would say that, but also we're super close and I really like that. And that's a value that she has. And that not only makes me proud, but super happy. So love that. Thank you, mom. I love that. I mean, I see Rourke's work ethic in how she learned how to make a freaking podcast, having never done it before. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, well, great. That was a lovely note to um, begin on. And then let's talk a little bit about your own personal stories. And um, again, we can we can start with you, Trudy. Tell us a little bit about what your overall dating experience was like before meeting your husband. Um, little to none before meeting my husband. <laughs> I was um, a very young high school graduate. I graduated when I was barely 17. And I was a full five, nine or 10, sopping what, 103 pounds. So I wasn't the the stuff that, you know, young adolescent men dreamed about, put it that way. Um, I was way beyond my time, probably in um, intellect. So I was, I was very immature emotionally and socially, but very beyond my years in intellect. So I didn't really understand why I wasn't um, liked or wasn't, you know, attractive to men because it didn't make sense to me. But I, you know, in hindsight, when I look back, I said, well, it was pretty obvious, you know, my nickname was Lollipop. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, exactly. That's incredible. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't, uh, my husband, when we met, he was my first boyfriend. I mean, I had gone out on some dates but I had not had any kind of relationship to speak to speak of at all. I was the kind that and you, you were know. 19, and I can tell you what's that, honey. You were nineteen, right? I was. When I just Dad? had turned twenty when I met him. Yeah, 
Um, You know, I I could tell you who I had a crush on all through my sophomore year in high school, all who I had a crush on all my junior year in high school, my senior year. So, but I never really dated any of those people, you know, so I didn't really have any dating experience and no relationship experience when I met him. That's incredible. And I love that we have the two of you on right now because from the perspective of our listeners who have a range of dating experiences, I know my mom has an incredibly divergent one. Not sorry, mom. Like you met, <laughs> you had many. My mom had multiple broken. She ended multiple engagements. Yeah. She's a. It's all coming out. It's all coming out of the pod, mom. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Christine, tell us. I am not a heartbreaker, by the way, Trudy. <laughs> um, but I did date a lot. And starting in high school, I mean, I think I had, as soon as I got to high school, I started dating. Now, this was Catholic high school, so, you know, it was dating. And I mean a lot um, of things. Maybe we'll edit that out. <laughs> I liked, I loved dating, but I dated a lot. And the good thing about that was that when I finally met my husband when I was 31, when he asked me to marry him three weeks later, I said yes, and I knew it would work because I'd had many years of, of kissing frogs and and thinking I was going <laughs> to marry somebody and not marrying them and having my heart broken, you know, by various boys. I won't name their names. Good. That's not what we do here. <laughs> yep. But I do sometimes stalk oh some of them God. from the past. <laughs> and we're getting into oh it. Boy. Not, not, not stalk. I look them up on Facebook. You look them up on That's so different. They're putting it out yeah, there. Yeah, that's very understandable, Mom. Yes. Okay. The listeners Good. will find it relatable, I'm sure. Very. But I have great memories of dating. You know, I used to, like, I remember getting ready for a date. Trudy maybe will relate to this. And like watching the Mary Tyler Moore show on Saturday night before I would go out on a date, you know, it's like, there were just those rituals and things that I really liked. I love that. And I think that, I think that that will really resonate with a lot of our listeners because I mean, Rook and I are both in our early thirties and single, and I absolutely have fond memories of dating already and I'm still doing it. So I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, and we had a completely different experience, remember, because there was no internet, there was no anything besides a phone. So you had to just sit and, and girls didn't really call boys. So we just had to sit and wait for someone to call us and ask us out on a date. So it was more of a formal yeah. ritual, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And for me, it was always a template. It was, I'm sorry, it was a template. It was always miniature golfing and then a movie. That sounds like a blast. I love, I love mini golf. <laughs> I love that. But speaking of that, how did you guys meet your husbands? Trudy, you want to go first? <laughs> yes, because this is kind of a funny story, I think, anyway. I fucking love this story. Excuse my friend, Christine. So I met my husband in college and... Um, uh, we went to UC Davis and UC Davis is a bike campus. So you ride your bikes everywhere. And I was riding my bike to campus and Armando rode past me the other way. And I had a conscious thought, I will marry that man one day. 
no idea why. Um, he was a, a black man, you know, and in my high school, there was one person who was black. So I didn't really have any experience with other cultures, really. And But I just looked at him and I said, I will marry that man one day. And uh, I came back from school and I told my roommates about him and they said, oh, you need to stay away from him. That's Mondo. And I said, what do you mean? And she, they said, well, he's, you know, he's a, you know, he's a womanizer, basically. He's very popular and he dates lots of girls. And I said, well, okay. And we, we were in completely different social circles. So I had no idea how I would ever even meet him. And then lo and behold, I had a friend from um, home come up to visit and we went to a random party and there he was. So, and for some reason, I caught his eye. He said it was the tight jeans with the little red stripes I'm on dying. the butt. <laughs> I decided that if he was used to getting all the girls that he wanted, then he would have to try some, I would have to try something different. So I totally ignored him. And that intrigued him. And we danced. And then I said, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. And he said, well, can I see you again? And I said, sure. And I started to walk away and he said, well, I kind of need your phone number. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, okay, here, here it is. And that was that it. That is an incredible story. It's such a boss <laughs> story. I will also, and then I want to hear your story, Christine, but I will also jump in that if my dad were here, he would jump in yes. that she stalked him to that party, which is not true. Yes, he would. He is, uh, which is yeah, not true. To the day his last breath, he would say that I stalked him. <laughs> <laughs> always would jump in on that but but christine tell me tell us about how you met rourke's dad well we were fixed up by a mutual acquaintance um and they'd been trying to get us together and i was on an assignment in connecticut for weeks and then he went to italy for like a month and it just in one night margie called me and said okay he's coming over for cocktails you have to come over and so I went over and this is my opinion, but other people think so too. He's really handsome. And <laughs> I did not like to go out with good looking guys because I was afraid they'd be womanizers or they just, you know, but what I quickly realized about him is that he didn't know he was good looking. He was a nerd. He was a Trekkie. He is a Trekkie. We love that. Yes. Among other things. So we were at this cocktail party and I thought, okay, I'm not dating him, but he's really smart and, and he very clever and I'd like to have him as a friend. So I decided I'm going to go home because when they called me, I was in my sweatpants already from work. And so we were like on the 42nd floor of this apartment building. We get on the elevator. I'd say I'm going to leave. So he says he's going to leave too. We get on this elevator. As we're going down, he says not one word to me in the elevator. As we're getting off the elevator, he said, do you want to have a drink? And I said, yes. And I, I really, I don't know why necessarily. Anyway, we stayed up talking till three o'clock in the morning. He drove me home. And he asked me out on a Saturday for that Saturday night. This was a Thursday night. He asked me out for Saturday night. And I said, "Ugh, we'll never get a good reservation. Come over for dinner and I'll invite some other people. He said, no, don't invite anybody else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he shows up at my door with two bottles of champagne and 
a paper bag. And I said, what's in the paper bag? And he pulls out a stack of photos and he said, I'm going to tell you the story of my life. And I was a goner. Oh, oh my goodness. And it was pretty much love at first sight for both of us. And he asked me to marry him three weeks later by saying to me one morning, let's go buy you a ring today that you'll wear for the rest of your life. Pretty good guy, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, pretty good guy. So that's how it went. That's From meeting to marriage very quickly. (laughs) Mine wasn't so quick. (laughs) (laughs) How long did yours take? Uh, We got married six and a half years after we met. Okay, but you were young. We were young, and he was very hesitant to marry. So we broke up for a while and then we got back together. And um, once he makes it, once he made up his mind, though, he's, he was pretty diligent. I love both of these stories so much. And I also love how different they are. I, I think that transitioned just perfectly into the next thing we wanted to talk about with you both, which is going back a little bit to your younger self and advice that you might have, things you wish you knew at a younger age when you were dating. Christine, I would love your thoughts. Oh, gosh. Don't date so much. I'm sorry. I know this is a dating show. <laughs> Mom, this is not on brand. Let's let's rethink this answer. <laughs> Give it. But honestly, I just went out with too many people where it was a waste of time. Mm. And I, I think part of it is my age and the culture. And, you know, you had a date on the weekend. If it was the weekend, you had a date. And I would have been much better off taking up yoga and needlepoint or anything or pursuing an interest outside of dating rather than dating some of the people that I did. So if I were to go back, that's the one thing I'd do very differently. So maybe be more selective, not necessarily date less. Oh, I wouldn't be no, dating. No, 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 no. I would definitely. I would just. Oh, no, 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 no. Date less, not date less <laughs> frequently per se, but potentially just like screen for people that are going to be a worthwhile potential investment of your time. Yes. Yes. Totally. Maybe be a bit more selective. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Or think about it more, not just say, oh, okay, I'll go with you out, out with you to dinner, you know, whatever. But I would think about it more. Something that Allie and I often say on the podcast, Mom, is that we are dating intentionally. And so I think that that's what I think is key. Yes. And I think people in my generation didn't necessarily date intentionally. And I, cer- I certainly did. Trudy, I know that you are now also TikTok famous with some of your advice to your younger self. Yeah, um, yeah, so can you relay that to the podcast listeners who may not have um, seen your TikTok? Well, my you know younger self would have liked to have dated more or had more relationship experience because my husband and I had to learn, especially me, had to learn how to be in a relationship together as we grew up. But unfortunately, you can't plan your own timeline. And I think that we all have expectations on what our timelines are going to be. And like I mentioned earlier, I was disappointed in the boys my age because they didn't see what I what I thought I could offer them as far as, you know, a girlfriend or a dating experience. But you can't change what other people think and you can't change your timeline when you're ready for something you're ready. Um, And you have to be able to 
to pivot, <laughs> our favorite <laughs> term from friends, but you have to be able to pivot and understand that if you set yourself a timeline and, and it passes, that it just was meant to pass, that it's not anything wrong. It's just you have to go in a little bit of a different direction. And when things are right, they're going to be right. Yeah. that And that sort of timeline and framework has been something that I've thought a lot about throughout my life and talking to my mom because as I reach different ages where she did different things, that's something that occurs to me. You know, okay, I'm I'm 20 and I haven't met my future husband. Oh, okay, I'm 26 and I'm not married. Okay, I'm 30 and I don't have a child. I'm, I'm not at the last one is 35 with my second child. <laughs> but, but, you know, letting go of somebody else's template for what is working for you has been something that she and I have talked about a lot. Yeah, that's... Absolutely. That's very yeah. relatable, I think. Yeah. And I do want to be very clear that that my mom has a never has in no way ever made me feel like I should be on that template. This is a fully internalized thing. Yeah, I would I would have preferred that she wasn't on that, you know, that trying to, to match the template because, you know, my template is not hers. I just think that's the biggest thing that I've learned from her is that it's it's okay not to have that not to have a certain thing, you know, it's, there's so many different versions of success, versions of happiness. Um, and that, you know, one person's is not another. I think mom, you and I have had similar conversations where when we talk about either what I want out of a career or what I want out of a family, I think you often reflect to me, you know, this was how I did it, but you are not me. And that we can still obviously have many, like, excellent conversations about sort of what that can and might look like, but you are very good, I think, about not imposing any type of expectation or beyond sort of like the hope for my own happiness. Well, I'm glad that you realize that because I really do try to stay out of your life in that way. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous considering we text like 15 times a day sometimes, but um, you know, you're an adult. Yeah, but I, <laughs> and I try. The texting relationship is: you ask me something, I respond. You call me, and I say, "Did you check your text before you called?" <laughs> no, uh, but you know, the other thing is: is I don't think you have to be married in order to have a good life. I completely agree with that. And having said that, though, I I am very aware that I want it for Rourke, if that's what she wants, simply because we're a small family with not a lot of extended family. And I just want her to have somebody who cares as much about her as I do, you know, and hopefully she'll meet somebody like that someday and have that in her life. But it's not a requirement for happiness. I think, I'm glad you said that. I think that's so true. It's so important. And I think mm-hmm. you guys have hit on a little bit of what we talked about in our episode, The Skeptical One, which is where you're trying to relate what you're doing now to somebody who might not understand. So when you guys were saying dating was totally different when you were in your 20s and 30s and trying to relate that to what we're doing now can be hard. Yeah. Trudy, has there been any adjustment for you in terms of your lived experience and then watching Allie like on dating apps and sort of embracing all these very like modern trappings of dating? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, I kind of grew and learned with her as she started on these apps. She's an early adopter. So, I mean, she was, you know, one of the first doing this. So, 
I find I have to sometimes explain to peers and friends of mine how she's so active on dating sites because they don't understand it. And I think I do just because, you know, like you guys, we talk all the time. So I'm, you know, I, I'm almost like on the dates with her, you know, to the point, but she has certain rules like, you know, don't ask me about the first date because I, you know, I don't want to get over my, you know, I don't want to have expectations if you're asking me about the first date. So we've had some ground rules that we've had to set because I didn't understand in the beginning, but that's, that's the way your generation works. And the pandemic has even made that more realistic. That's, that's your only option at this point. Yeah. I mean, there was a guy that I met on MySpace who picked me up for homecoming at my home in high school. So she, yeah, she's, she's been in on the online wow. dating thing for That's a That's incredible. Time. I think mom, you would have lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't let you have yeah. MySpace. Remember? You were not allowed to have MySpace. You should have been doubly shocked. <laughs> but yeah, but I right. was, yes, I was, but I was skeptical of apps. You know, I actually came up with computer dating, which I, I never did, but I certainly had friends who kind of dabbled in it. It was very, very new when we were dating, but, you know, I was very skeptical about apps and also afraid of serial killers. <laughs> This work knows. Which, as as we've <laughs> said on the pod before, you could meet a serial killer at a bar. They they live among True. us, Mom. True. And they're usually charismatic, so you'd probably think they were pretty oh, high. <laughs> <laughs> Any of us would, you know. They they tend to uh, they tend to hide amongst us. Is my point. Oh, yeah. Different to- different pod. <laughs> different. It's a different episode. <laughs> But if you ask Rourke, she'll tell you the first thing I ask is, what's his name? So I can do any forensic, you know, digging that I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> not really, not really. But I want, I want there to, I still want there to be like markers, like, oh, it's really great if she happens to, he happens to know somebody that we know, which is yeah. unusual. But anyway, but again, it's like one of those things. It, it's her life. And I, Trudy is really right. I mean, boy, with the pandemic and everything, that's the way to go. And I guess the bottom line is, is that you guys have everything that we had in our dating life, plus this whole new world, you know, so the options and the opportunities are even greater for you guys. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that too, that I feel very grateful that I have this extended way of meeting people that I would never cross paths with otherwise. Yeah. Mom, you use the word opportunity, which I know is a word Allie likes to use a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So to talk a little bit about what it's been like to maybe meet the people that Allie and I have dated. Um, Trudy, did you ever get like a, this guy is not the guy, or this guy is, this is going to be a no for us about a guy that Allie brought home sort of before she knew that herself or talked about? Cause because we live across the country. Okay. Good meeting. Point. Yeah. I don't think I have gotten the sense from any of the guys that she's dated that he was the one. Um, I don't think that any of them have been strong enough to handle her in the long term. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you you were correct 
about yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hypothesis check <laughs> totally you're you're batting a thousand at this, at this so point. Ellie and I are a lot alike yet we are a lot different and I think one of the strengths that my husband had was the ability to let me be strong and independent which I am yet had the ability to allow me to be weak when I needed to be and uh, she hasn't found that man yet that's really well said yeah um Christine, how about you? Any any time you were like, nope, nope, nope. Oh, that's a definitive yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you yeah. know what though? I want to say something in my own favor. And that is friends of mine, when she finally broke up with this guy, said to me, You did a really good job because I could not tell you that you really hated him. I know you listen, but his nickname is PowerPoint. Oh, okay. Well, I figured so that, you know. but yeah. Or yeah. I can bleep it if you just want to say it. That's fine. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, I mean, I don't have anything else to say. We knew, as her father would say, from the get-go that this was not a good guy and not good enough. And you know what? I think Allie is and Rourke are alike in that they are exceptional young women, number one. Again, her dad would say that Rourke is an alpha, and I think Allie is too. And, you know... An uh-huh. exceptional partner is hard to find unless you're super lucky like you were, Trudy, you know, which is pretty amazing. But, you know, I think it takes I think it takes a very special person to partner with an exceptional woman. I agree. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so I guess this I think I we kind of already answered this, but I'm curious to have you guys say it. But what do you think, Christine, and then we'll throw it to you, Mom, but what do you think has been a barrier to Rourke finding the one? Well, again, I think it's just hard, but, uh, you know, she had a late start. She went to an all-girls school all the way through high school. I'd had like five relationships in high school, you know, and she had not one, you know, so she had a late start. But again, I, I do think it's this concept of She's an exceptional person. She's very strong. As a family friend said, she'd never met somebody who is so comfortable in their own skin. And, you know, so that kind of strength of personality and because of this all girl school, she's not a girly girl. You can bleep that out. But, you know, it's so. That's fine. That feels fine. She's not a girly girl. She's just, she's a, you know, I remember when you went to college, you said, mom, I'm the only one who, I'm the only woman who raises her hand in class. You know, it's like the other women in this class, you know, in this college did not, were not forthright in their academics and their lives. Going, going from, I think, especially going from like the all girls school where all of us were incredible, like if a woman didn't raise her hand in class, it was a silent class because no one was talking. Exactly, yeah. and um, so, and also coming from California to the South was just a very big adjustment for me to see how kind of different my personality was than a lot of how sort of women were culturally trained to behave. And again, you know, we can decide how much we want to get into that. But anyway, yeah. Also, another problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then um. Trudy, I have a feeling it's probably going to be a similar, similar answer. But is she going to throw us a curveball? 
why don't I think she's found somebody yet? No, I just, uh, I don't, it's hard to articulate. I've always told her that I thought she needed um, a man who was older than she was because whoever she meets has to be comfortable in their own skin, like your mom said you are. She is so um, independent and bold that she intimidates a lot of people. So she needs to meet a man that's not intimidated by her strength. And she can be a girly girl. So she's got both of those sides to her. So she's very, very sensitive. And a lot of men don't understand that because they just see the bold side. Mm. And um, there's a little girl side there too. So she's got to find a man that understands both those sides. She hasn't found him yet. Cut to me a few hours ago when work asked what I thought you were going to say to this question. And I said, I think she's going to say I intimidate people. <laughs> yeah, you hit that one out of the park, Allie. <laughs> okay, so what did you say, Rourke? Very similar. That Pretty much exactly. Yeah. yeah, that I like was an intense person that had a lot going on and I would need a person to sort of figure out how to be a partner to that. Yeah, yeah. but on that note, you know, besides our obviously general happiness, what do you guys think is the number one thing you want to see in our partners? Christine, I'll throw it to you first. Well, the way I always describe my husband is that he cares more about what I want almost than I do. And so I want somebody for Rourke who deeply cares about what she wants and and is committed to helping her find that in the world and in life. And... um the other thing, though, that I really would like to see, because I think it's important, and in my friends who've been, had long-lived marriages, I've seen this, and that is that to have kind of the same set of values or worldview, you know, that, you know, just to have kind of an agreement about the way you are in the world and you conduct your lives. So, and that's another reason it's hard to find a good guy. Yeah. I mean, not only do you have to get along, but you also have to have aligned values and goals. It's like a a lot of things trying to intersect. It's hard to find, but it's not so hard to do once you find the right person. It just, it happens. Trudy, how about you? What, what is, what is the top quality you want to see in Allie's future partner? Well, a lot of the same things, obviously love and um, a deep understanding of of who she is and who she needs to be. And I think that she has a very independent streak and likes to do a lot of things on her own. She needs to find somebody that allows her to do that as well as has the intersection of what they do together. So it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to do everything together. You can each go your own separate paths, but yet be on the same path together. And I think that's, she wants somebody to share her life with. She wants somebody to make her life better. Doesn't really need somebody to make a life for her. She's doing that on her own. She wants somebody to to expand that. That really resonates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I co-sign that. <laughs> um, and then we just kind of want to end on like a little bit of a silly one. Um, Trudy, what is Allie's type? I don't know because everybody she picks is not the one that I would have picked for her. I- <laughs> But what what is my type, not your type for me? Well, your type, what you seem to like, you kind of like the nerdy guys. You like the tall, skinny guys. I love a noodle. And I think (laughs) you'd love a noodle. 
Oh my god. And so I would like to see somebody that, you know, that can stand up to you, not only mentally, but can stand up to you physically. So when I look at you and I see somebody, I want somebody that compliments you in a lot in both mentally, emotionally and physically. And I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I, my, we had recently had an argument about whether or not the aspiring sober vegan shoulders were broad, because I think of him as having very broad shoulders. And to my mom, he is a noodle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god oh goodness well christine what is rourke's type a nerd alpha oh kind of like elon musk without the crazy <laughs> wow that okay listen you know of, why you know there. what i think i think you both need alphas alpha yeah, I, I think mean, from what your mom said what she wants for you is an alpha and Rourke needs an alpha too, or she'd run. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so. otherwise we'd run right over them, and who wants that? Exactly. Yeah, but not only that, but you know, a long-term relationship is about teamwork, and so you want somebody who's going to pull equally in as many ways as possible, and and that's that's what. That's what I see her being happy with. And Allie certainly sounds like that's what your mom is hoping for for you as well. I, I mean, I'd say so. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a perfect note to wrap up on. I love it. Um, thank you guys so, so much for being willing to jump in here with us and be on, you know, be a little vulnerable with us too. And I've just loved every minute of it. This has been such a special episode for me to be a part of. I really loved every minute of it. I really did too. I just, yeah. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And happy mother's day, Trudy. Happy mother's day to you as well. We have proud, we have daughters we can be proud of. That's for sure. And that is for sure. And we're going to wrap up with more tears. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, on that note um have a great rest of your week everybody thank you thank you bye okay bye bye bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in maryland turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code old line 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.